Welcome back to the Insurance Business Babes podcast, where we show you how we've grown our insurance and related businesses through talking about what works for us, what doesn't work, and will help you grow your own business because you can start using what works for us in your own business today. This show is owned by CMED LLC and hosted by Kathy Klein and Joanna Wyckoff. Joanna, welcome back to the Insurance Business Bank. Thank you so much, Kathy. I'm so excited to talk with you again. And I heard we had a great topic for today. We do. We have had so many people ask us on the Facebook group two questions. One is, how do you start an LLC? Mm -hmm. Do you need an LLC, basically? Mm -hmm. And then the second topic, I don't know if we'll have a chance to do it today. If we don't, it'll be next week's topic. Second one is, how do you start an agency? Do you even need an LLC? So let's discuss it. What's right for somebody might be different than the next, you know. I am of the opinion, because I did, when I started insurance back in 2016, nobody told me I should start an LLC. I had plenty of money to do an LLC. I had another LLC that I was intending to do project management on, because I have a master's in project management. I had created an LLC for that. Wyckoff Solutions was the name of it. My mentor at the time, my upline is what they call them. He didn't think selling life insurance, we needed LLCs. And I just continued to write business under my social security number for years. And I did it for many years. I had contracts in my social and all the business was written under my social. And then I was having a conversation with somebody I really trust in the business. They've been around for years. And they said that if something was to happen to me and somebody needs to take over my book of business, like if I'm in the capacity of can't renew my certifications because I'm not in a mental capacity to take the test. In the Medicare industry, it's a little harder because we have to pass testing every year, right? For every carrier, not just once, every carrier. So if you have 35 carriers like I have now, you have to do those you have to pass that AHIP every year, which is a certification to sell HMO, PPOs, and prescription plans. And then you have to you have to do the carrier certifications each year. So Aetna, Humana, Blue Cross, each one. And if I'm not in the mental capacity to do that, and it most, almost happened this year, Kathy, I had COVID in August. Now, thankfully, I was still functioning, but some people have had COVID so bad where they've been on ventilators, right? So had I been in a ventilator or something worse, who would have been doing who who would be redoing my renewals? I would have been up a creek, you know. Now some people have admin assistants who might have been able to sneak in and do them. That's kind of common in the bigger companies where they is it now interesting. <laughs> they turn the carriers seem to turn a blind eye to you know the tops of the hierarchies who don't really do their own certifications anymore, right? talking about certifications. I was talking about writing business. Well, that happens a whole lot where, you know, presidents at call centers still have big books of business under their names every day. You know, they're not answering the phone. (laughs) I I don't know about you, but I am just too much of a scaredy cat to do any of that. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. You got to be really big to get away with some of that crap. Yep. 
Yep. But had that happened and it didn't have an LLC, it would be harder for to transfer the business to another principal, right? Having an LLC and having your personal clients assigned to the LLC not only makes it easier to sell in the future or in the event of a death or illness, another principal can take over. So I have a backup plan. We call it a succession plan where you plan for successor, right? Sister Melissa is now licensed. And in the event something happened to me, Melissa can get licensed in all the states I'm licensed in. And she can step in as principal of my agency, which would protect everybody, all my clients and my downline agents. But I think I think, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you shouldn't do that now. You should do that in a couple of years once you get going. Here's the problem, Kathy, because I did that once I had a lot of business. You don't have the time once you have two, three, four hundred clients to sit there and not just do the new agency licensing. You have to do contracting again. When I did my LLC last year, Top Flight Insurance, I, I left one company and I started my own on my own. I had to not just do the the top flights licensing in Georgia. I had to do it in 40 something states, which was time consuming and money. Then I had to do contracting for every carrier over again as top flight. Oh, you do? Yeah. They won't transfer the fact that you've done it. It's a new contract. And I assigned my commissions from Joanna to Top Flight, but Top Flight had to get approved. I was sitting here getting carpal tunnel all last summer. Oh, let's say let's say I'm submitting my contract in for Top Flight to a big carrier, United Healthcare. I had to have all the states that Joanna had. I had to go get the licenses first, and then contract under United Healthcare as Top Flight. Assign my commissions, and then they come back and prove me before I could continue to write. Right, so it's a big so thing. You couldn't write under yourself until everything well, was taken kind of can but you don't really I, I was pausing it you know but here's the thing I was doing that I started my business in May I was doing it June July August it was a lot to do on top of my 35 certifications I didn't yeah. even think of that because I have to be honest I have an LLC but it's not for my Medicare business yeah you know, I have the LLC for the other business that mm-hmm. I have. Sure. And Joanna, I am now close to 600 clients. Yeah. Do you remember when we've talked and I said I only wanted 500? Yeah, and I keep growing. <laughs> I know. I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to grow, but it just seems to be happening now. And I've been thinking, well, maybe I need an LLC, but now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot of work. And then I'd have to manage two separate LLCs. I think managing two separate LLCs is not as complicated as you think it is. Now, here's what you have to, you you probably want to do it, even though it's going to be work. You have to get your LLC in your home state, your resident state, and then you have to apply for an insurance license for that LLC in the states that you operate in, you know, so if you operate in Georgia, South Carolina, California, you have to budget for that. And then some carriers charge non-resident fee appointments. Oh, yeah. that's another thing. They pay my appointments now. Well, the, there you go. They pay. No, for but some... I'm just wondering, will they still pay when I'm uh, under an LLC yeah, that now so. doesn't have their status or whatever that I have? I think so. I have to... I have to check because I think your status carries over to the LLC. 
Okay. But here's why I'm telling you, Kathy. I'm going to out Kathy for a second. Don't, know, don't come I, for me. That's okay. I've been outing you in the past. You can out me now. You're, Tell me you're, what you did. You're, you're not the youngest spring chicken. <laughs> what? How dare <laughs> you? In the event that you want to retire, truly right. retire, or you want to sell your book to me or somebody else, or in the event something happens to you and your husband says, I don't want to have anything to do with insurance. He doesn't. Right. I don't, you know, he's older than me. So just think if I'm old, just think how old he is. (laughs) But if that day ever comes where your husband calls me and says something happened to Kathy, I need some help. What what should I do? It's easier to sell your book of business if If it's it's under an LLC, because some carriers don't have the social security number where you can easily sell books under your social. Now, some some are easier than others. Like United Healthcare has a succession form you can submit. Not all carriers work like that, though. You right, know, right, right. See, so that's the main thing. It's not for protection. It's you know because they were talking about this, and I don't know if it was your Facebook group or one of the others. They were talking about how your E and O insurance covers you for anything that an LLC, but that's not why you have one. You have one. For succession purposes, that's mostly the succession you mm-hmm, and ease of business. You know, so if something happens to me and I'm a disabled veteran, I, something happens to me at the young age of 24, I got hit in the chest. But I mean, I we have had deaths in the Facebook group of agents who had car accidents. We had somebody who passed from cancer recently. You know, we. What about the person that had a heart attack or something at the yeah, beginning of AEP? one of, of our AEP? friends had a heart attack right in, in the middle of AEP. And then he was still working. I'm <laughs> like, what the heck are you doing? It's time to take some time off, buddy. <laughs> you cannot tell Josh to take time off. You are going to have another heart attack. You need to relax. You need to like step back. If you have a heart attack, your body is telling you. Yeah. You need to step back. But so. Kathy, we are in the insurance business. And what is insurance? Risk mitigation, correct? You cannot tell people, consumers, to mitigate their own risk if you haven't mitigated your own. <laughs> right. And that is getting an LLC because the risk is big of all the work that you put into this. Or 600 just, clients oof. can go back to the carrier. Something happens to you, Kathy, and your husband doesn't get a hold of the carrier and they don't pay him his renewals. He would lose all of your hard work. 600 clients times $25 a month. What is that? Well, I don't have 600 quite yet. Is 25 a month, is that 300 a year? Yeah. It's it's like gross. I don't make this because I've got expenses, but that's like 175, right? Times 12, 180. Good math. Your husband would lose 180,000 a month. No, not a month. Not sorry, a 180,000 a year. <laughs> 180,000 a year. No, he wouldn't because I have expenses. We don't net that, but. Okay, but he would lose a large chunk. Yes, he of would. money that you busted your butt for and plan to help in your old age, older age, you know. <laughs> older and, than I am. <laughs> but I mean, we do this business and as self-employed people to build renewals. Renewals is the name of my game. Annuity. So we don't, ha- so we don't have to work so hard, right? That's it's right. like an increase in annuity. And we always, we all count on our renewals to be there when we're older so we have something to show for our hard work, you know? And so if you don't have an LLC, it makes it increasingly difficult for your next akin, your beneficiaries, to 
get that hard work transferred to them. You know, they have to get an insurance license. They have to make all the requirements. And then if you didn't have succession plan on file with that carrier, they might say, oh, those we're going to give it to so-and-so. They come back home to us. They come to house accounts is what they call them. Right? And they can't do that if it's an LLC. They can't just take it away. That's right. So all of Top Flight's agents, all of jo- all the business that Joanna's written that's now assigned to Top Flight Insurance, it's owned by Top Flight Insurance. The principal doesn't have to be an employee of the, the LLC. I can make I can make my sister, who is just Melissa, I can make her my new principal, or you know, my estate would, and she can she can run the entire business. You know, they have to be licensed in order to. They do have to get licensed. And and the carriers give them a grace period. I want to say it's about thirty days, which is not not a big grace. It's not a big grace period. I can swap in any principal. Like let's say Zach or or one of my downlines or somebody who's already licensed can swap in as principal and run the company for a while, right? But this we had a couple widows recently and the widows were yeah. fighting to to get everything. And that's not something that I think people should leave. Just like we talk about protecting our families and the upon death for life insurance and stuff. Do you really think that a widow who's grieving the loss has the capacity to now sit down and figure out your entire business if they haven't been a part of it. So And it's another reason why you might want to sell it. Yeah. Upon Well, and then people's business changes, people's life changes. I don't have a crystal ball, Kathy, do you? I don't. I wish I did. Well, I wish I did too, but I don't know what my life is going to look like in 5 years. Maybe maybe I want to sell my insurance business and go into real estate. Maybe I want to sell it and go, go live on your island. Yeah. I mean, there's been a bunch of people selling their big, big books of businesses lately. You know, people I've looked up to, they've cashed in millions of dollars, you know? Yes. And so we never know what's going to happen, whether you need to sell. I mean, I've had a friend have to sell his business because he was going through a divorce and his wife owned half the company. So he had to sell the book. Right. That's the only way they were going to cash in to separate their assets. Mm-hmm. How and she didn't want to get licensed and split she it that licensed. way. She wanted her money. Oh, she wanted the money. Yeah. It's not like you could take 250 clients and I could take 250 clients, you know. Yeah. Why yeah. couldn't they divide it up like I don't that? Know. The, their lawyers decided to buy, sell was easier, you know. But, you know, things like that happen. But, anyways, protecting your own clients, I think. I think it's easier, more professional at the, if my client said, yeah, I work with Joanna from top flight versus, oh, I work with Joanna. Well, who does she work for? Joanna works for Joanna, you know, and it it establishes you as not a fly by night agent. So I think everybody should have their own. If you want to be treated like a business, I think you should have a business. Does that make sense? It does. But I, and, and I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. But to me, the insurance license gives you the right to say you're a business owner. But now that now I have to tell you, you're convincing me, Joanna, you are convincing me that I need another LLC. But man, that is going to be a lot of work. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. Work. As somebody who makes over 100000 doing insurance in a year, what does your tax preparer, accountant, CPA tell you you should do? Because you're paying a lot in taxes as a self-employed person with no LLC. Well, remember, 
I'm a retired financial advisor. I have a lot of deductions. I don't, I don't pay compared to what I make. I don't pay a lot of taxes, but we are now paying Irma because so all the work that my husband was doing for me for free before. Yeah. I now pay him. Right. And he's putting all that money into a solo 401k. And so for those of you who are listening, if you are self employed, you can put money away into a lot of people like SEP IRAs. I like solo 401ks better uh-huh. just because the first amount of money that you can put in, which last year for me, 2023 for me was $30,000 because I'm over 50 years old. Uh-huh. It's not going to be that much more in 2024, sure. but I get to do the catch-up provision. So I forget what it is, but SEP IRA is based on a percentage always. A solo 401k, you can put up to 100% of your income up to the employee amounts. And then you can put more in as an employer based on your net income. And so I've always done the solo 401k, especially in the beginning, because you can borrow against a solo 401k and you can't borrow against a SEP because it's an IRA. And a solo 401k, you can have a Roth. Well, I just personally like the solos better. I've always liked them better. And so that's what I've been doing for years and years and years. When we hit the Irma, I told my husband, you know, all that work you're doing for me, because he <laughs> delivers cookies, he helps me with cards, he helps me with my website, he does a lot of work. I said, technology. you are going to get paid for that work that you do now. Yeah. And he just takes that money and he puts it into his okay. solo 401k. That's basically a tax deduction for us. So for the listener, yes, I understand a lot of people say that your retirement is your business, but you should also have something else put aside. And it's really easy to open a solo 401k. You can do it through Fidelity. Mm -hmm. You can do it through a fine. If you have a financial advisor that you want to build a relationship with, you can do it through that financial advisor and they can help you, you know, set up a mutual fund or whatever. My 401k, I can buy anything with though. I can, I have it in a trust so I can buy real estate if I want. I can, my 401k plan has a checking account. So you did a trust as well? Now who for, Only for the 401k. Okay. Who helped you with your trust? It's a company that does it for 401k plans. It's a specialized field. And if if I will put it in the show notes in case anybody is interested. But unless you need a really fancy 401k Uh that you can, like if you're buying other businesses or if you're buying real estate or whatever, you don't really need the fancy 401k that I have. You can just open it up with Fidelity or a mutual fund company. And Kathy, you can talk about this because you have the credentials as a financial advisor. I'm no longer a financial advisor. So I no longer have credentials. Just want to make that real clear. I just know enough. And that's why I started that. But I never thought I needed an LLC. But now I'm thinking, okay, maybe I need one just for the purpose of being able to pass it down to somebody else or sell it in the future. Yeah, I don't know why we started talking about 401 We were talking about tax advantages of an LLC and an S-Corp. So what's the difference? I have a lot of tax advantages just being a sole proprietor. So I'm going to have to bring on a CPA to discuss the differences of an LLC. The S-Corp is a designation that they usually Uh have you file once you hit about $100,000 in income. And they're supposed to be 
tax benefits to it. It's supposed to reduce your um, tax liability from paying uh, double self-employment tax. Oh, it's for the social security part. So I, I can speak to that just small, just sh- quickly, mm-hmm. but we can still bring on an accountant sure. to come I in. I think and we talk. should. But basically, when you're self-employed, you're paying both parts of social security. Yep. And with Medicare tax, there's also no limit, right? So there's no cap on the amount that you would have to spend on Medicare. And I think there is a cap for social security. There is. Mm -hmm. Forget what it is. Yeah, it's about 130, I want to say. Yeah. So when you have a corporation, you can determine how much you're paying to yourself in salary Mm -hmm. and how much of that is dividends. And the dividend part or whatever they call it, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm probably being too basic, but you can determine how much you're paying to yourself and what that payment is. And a lot of people will limit the amount that they pay to themselves in salary because they don't want to pay the social security tax. Right. So when you have everything coming to you under your social, it's all income. Yes. So you can't tell food stamp office you only made $20,000 last year. So that's true. (laughs) Yes. I can't go on Medicaid. It's (laughs) all coming to you. But I actually do know people who they have millions of dollars in rental income. Yeah. And they have ACA subsidies up the Yahoo. So yeah. Based on how their CPA files the and it's not coming and it's not their social. So yes, right. I do understand that so, part. Because your business now owns the assets and the income, not you personally. That's the S-Corp thing. You know, we I teach agents that work with me to plan their businesses out beyond just the first month, the first quarter, the first year. You want to have a vision of what you really want to turn this into. And I, I didn't, I didn't know in 2016, I was what I was going to be today. I was just like, I just want to make some extra money on a Saturday because social security, who I used to work for, didn't give me any overtime. And I had $35,000 worth of student loans to pay off on a master. So I needed extra income because I now had a $400 a month student loan bill that my, my regular check didn't cover. I had to go get another job. I had no way around it. Like something I didn't think about when I was doing my master's. I mean, I'm glad I did my master's. It's, it's helped me do all these businesses. When you incur additional expenses, you need additional income. And so I was just looking originally when I got my license to do something on Saturdays. I was pitched, wouldn't you like to make $1,000 on a Saturday? That was the pitch. And I said, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. I want to make $1,000. And, and then I was just like, the value of your hour. I didn't want to go work at Walmart for $10 an hour. It would take me forever to get $400 to pay Sally Mae, right? Yeah. And then in 2019, things did not go so well when my employer, they didn't want to give me a reasonable accommodation. I was really sick. They didn't want to let me work from home. And I had gotten frustrated enough. And I was like, I am tired of sitting here with a master's degree, getting screamed at, called nasty names all day long by folks who appear to be nice little old ladies. They were not nice little old ladies on the phone or calling telling me I was, you know, a blue-eyed devil. And so I was like, I am tired of being sick and tired and told that I can't get sick time. I'm tired of being told that I can't go on vacation because everybody else is on vacation on Christmas Eve. And I want to control my own future. If I need to go to the hospital, I want to be able to go to the hospital. So I decided to take that insurance license. I already had 
already had, I want to say probably about 75 clients at the time. Life insurance clients? No, they were Medicare clients. The previous year, I did social security from seven o'clock in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon. I would drive an hour and I set up my table at Walmart and I would talk to everybody walking by my table at Walmart, just smile and say, hi, how you doing? What's in your cart? What did you get me for dinner? And just making just making small talk and jokes like that, I was able to get clients, you know, and they just started think for- how easy it would have been to do ACA in a Walmart. So I, I found out a couple of years later, I was like, why didn't I do ACA at the beginning? But that's why I teach agents to do ACA now is because it's so much easier. Like I was sending all of my ACA referrals in my first year to other agents who never gave me a bag of cookies, you know? And they were sitting there getting rich off my referrals because they didn't teach me how easy it was. And yeah, it would have been, we would have already had an island already, you know? But, you but, know, but I've heard there's a lot of fraud in ACA right now. There is a little bit of fraud in ACA, but the good actors are always going to be the good actors. So we were looking, I have a friends that keep tabs on agents who've been suspended. And now over 4,000 agents have been suspended this year from good. ACA for Good. being the bad actor. So if you're going to go they out lifetime, there, lifetime suspended yeah. or just a slap on the wrist? Lifetime suspended. Good. So they're, they're, CMS is finding the agents who are flipping clients without consent and they're going after them. But we were getting off the topic. I want to, we have a habit of doing that, going on tangents. We need to stick with LLCs. So and, I have, uh, a, I have a checklist. I want to talk about how to do it because I think that's what nobody understands. So one of the first things, Kathy, when I was leaving my previous partnership, I needed to do my LLC rather fast because they had a deadline. And so I'm sitting here in my friend's office. I was at a training that he was doing. And I'm sitting there in his office going, what am I going to call this company? I don't want it to be Joanna Wyckoff Insurance. That doesn't sound something sellable. I wanted something I could sell, right? I wanted something that was like Delta, Hilton, United, like a household name, right? Amazon. I I I wanted something like that. But, you know, so many people do Elite and Premier and, you know, didn't want to be something so, so I had previously made the mistake of making something called a Georgia Senior Solutions, where I was so niched down, where I was calling people outside of Georgia and people were like, wait, oh, you only work in Georgia. I live in South Carolina. No, no, I have South Carolina. I didn't want to have to explain that every time, right? Okay. I wanted something where it was national, where it, you know, it was a one word household name. And I'm sitting there and thinking, like, what ties to me? Like, what's like, use something to speak to you is my best advice. So somehow I came up with the word top flight and I'm ex Air Force. Right. And in the Air Force, top flight is the elite unit of the group. Think of like top gun. That's why they call it top gun. Right. And so my agents, I feel are elite because I have not just myself, but I train agents under me. And I there, I I think that my group is the cream of the crop, you know, and so I did something that was not just speaking to Joanna as the a producer, but us overall as a group, right? I didn't want to call it, you know, Wyckoff Insurance, and then have my agent say, "Yeah, I work with Wyckoff Insurance." That sounds like weird, you know. So the first thing is I had to come up with a name, and then I had to find out if anybody else was using that name. 
Right. Right. Because think about it. If, if I use that name in Georgia, but somebody else has the same name in South Carolina, I can't get that license in South Carolina when I go to get my other non-resident licenses. And so you want to use this website. It's called whois.com to see if your URL is already taken. And then do, do basic Google search for the name. Do a state DOI website search to see if somebody else is in business with your name. Division of Corporations and Bing searches. So that's what I did first to see if there was any other top flight insurance. Now I ended up finding a top flight insurance in California, but they did they did trucking insurance, not life and health. And I didn't think at the time that it would cause a conflict. And it only caused a minor conflict, Kathy. California requires a name approval. And so when I was selling California, they made me do a DBA. Not a big thing, but in California when I contract on Wyckoff Insurance Solutions over there. And I also think that your name should have in it that you do insurance. You don't want to be muddy the waters. You don't want people to read your name and be like, I don't know what you sell, right? So I put insurance in my name, top flight insurance. Right. And then it's clear what you do. I think some people use wealth or financial, and I don't want to muddy the waters and having people think that I'm do what you did as a financial advisor, right? Well, well, I have had some people apply to be members of certifiedmedicareagents.com mm-hmm. and they have wealth in their name or they have financial in their name. And I look twice at those mm-hmm. members, like, are they really, do they really belong? Because, you know, I remove people from the site that don't seem like they belong if mm-hmm. they're just trying to use the site to improve their SEO. Sure. So, yeah, but you did it all yourself. You know, when I got my LLC, mm-hmm. not as an insurance agent, but for the directory, mm-hmm. I used a company. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about your checklist, because sounds like yours was probably less expensive than how I did it. Yeah. So once I made sure that there was nobody else with Tom Flight Insurance in the great state of Georgia, which is my resident state, I went on and I had to get a name approval here in Georgia. Now, there's four states that require name approvals, Georgia, New York, California, Mississippi. I want to say Massachusetts might as well. I'm working on my Massachusetts licensing as we speak. But New York was probably the most complicated, and I have a step-by-step on that. But those states required a prior name approval. So I had to get approved by the state to use the name. And then... You establish your entity. So I went to the Georgia Secretary of State and it was like $115. It was really cheap. And I was approved. I want to say it took about a week, you know. Time did you put into all of this? It was quick, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I spent around $300 and I had a company do it for me. I probably spent about 15 minutes too. So I could have just taken the 15 minutes and yeah. saved $200. If, if I mean, this checklist is pretty easy. They didn't do anything. All they did is take your information that you gave them. And they used to, your checklist. Yeah. <laughs> they took my info and they used your checklist. Exactly. So then after I got approved with the state, I took that and went and got an EIN number on the IRS website, which takes minutes. The EIN comes right away. They give it to you in minutes. And then you 
apply for a state agency license with the insurance department, pay a fee for that. Some was in some states. Some states like Florida don't don't charge a fee. And then you get an agency national producer number when you your state license get approved for your agency. And then you take that agency national producer number and contract with your carrier, like Humana or Blue Cross, as top flight insurance or whatever insurance company you call yourself. And that's how you do it. It's really not that involved. I mean, oh, and then you have to set up a bank account. So I took my articles of incorporation and my EIN and I went to a bank of my choice. The easiest ones to do online is two bank accounts I want to talk about. Regular one, everybody knows Bank of America was really easy for me to do online in the middle. I actually was doing this in the middle of the ocean. I was on a cruise to Alaska. (laughs) And the other bank account I found recently, it's a company called Found, F-O-U-N-D. And Kathy, I like this bank. It's meant for self-employed people because in it, it sets aside amount for taxes and it it tracks expenses and stuff. So it's kind of like a a version of QuickBooks integrated with it already. And I think that it's it's free. It doesn't charge you any expenses or anything. So Found is my new favorite bank for online banking. And then Bank of America for my brick and mortar is I, I like. So those two banks work really easy online, virtual to get a bank set up same day, next day. You didn't have to wait three weeks. You didn't have to get blood samples or anything like that. And that's really how you do an LLC. So next week, we'll talk about how to get LOAs and how it works and all of that. So thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. And Joanna, thanks for really breaking down how to do an LLC. You made it super easy. Yeah. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time on the Insurance Insurance Business 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 Tape. Tape.